the Falcons lose this week and they don't fire fucking Arthur Smith, I'm going to drive down to Atlanta myself and burn that fucking place to the ground. So guys, obviously you know what happened yesterday afternoon. Kyler Murray came back, shook off the rust, and beat the Falcons. And I have not heard from my best friend and the co-host of the goal line, Jordan, since uh, right before the Cardinals were lining up for that game-winning field goal. So um, obviously I haven't seen anything on the news about Mercedes-Benz Stadium going up in flames. Um, But, you know, for all I know right now, Jordan is en route to Atlanta uh, you know, to, to burn it down like freaking General Sherman. So, um, yeah, it looks like it's going to be just me tonight rolling solo. Um, it was a fun week of football. I think we had five games that ended up, uh, that were won or lost on the last play yesterday. So great week of action to bring it to you guys. Uh, it's going to be different with me just rolling solo, but I am going to do my best to give you guys, uh, you know, the best episode of the goal line that I can. Wait a sec. Jordan, you're back. The gasoline is poured. The stadium begins to burn. And Arthur Smith is fucking toast. <laughs> Jordan said he's getting fired one way or another this week. The easy way or the hard way. What's going on, dude? Just another fucking day. It's just... I got nothing, man. I have no words to describe the Falcons. Anybody that anybody that's been listening to the show this long knows that you are just a diehard uh, Falcons fan. I mean, you bleed it, dude. You live for this team. You know, th- th- I'd probably put the Falcons like a close second to your family, dude, on uh, the importance level in your life, man. Let them have it, dude. We'll go. We'll do away with the the normal intro. And before we get into the rest of the week of football, how are you feeling as a Falcons fan after they lose to the one and eight Cardinals with Kyler Murray playing his first game of football? in uh in about 11 months oh don't don't forget they let him break a a 34 year streak of a tight end not having 100 yards for the cardinals and trey mcbride gets 100 yards yesterday i just i mean i knew it was coming like i picked the cardinals to win this game like and somehow it was still worse than even what i had projected I don't know. It's just like I'm at a loss now, like for how embarrassing it is watching them play football. Like I've sat through like some of the worst losses ever, but I've never felt like they were as hopeless as they are now for as much talent as they have on the offensive and defensive side of the ball. Watching them play football is like the opposite of what you're supposed to be watching when you're watching an NFL team. Like, you're supposed to have some semblance of hope, um, but there just is none. I just – I don't trust anybody on that team. I don't trust anybody in the organization from the owner down. The fact that he's not fired right now tells you really all you need to know about the Falcons. I mean, the last three games he just lost – I I don't know They're how – They were all totally winnable, man. They dude, were all totally winnable. So they, they should be sitting pretty. Hold on. So they lost to Will Levis in his first start ever. And, and this is, mind you, after Malik Willis came in on the third play of the game and fumbled. So the Falcons already had the upper hand in that game immediately. Right. Then they come back last week. The Vikings started that Jaron Hall dude. He gets concussed right out of the gate. Josh Dobbs doesn't even know the cadence or any of the plays and comes in and wins that game. 
And then Kyler Murray comes back, looks like dog shit, first of all, in the first half. I mean, outside like the couple scrambling plays and stuff, he didn't really look like Kyler Murray, which you kind of expect getting played a game. He was still shaking off the rust big time. Heineke gets hurt, but he looked horrible. There was one play where Seth called me Heineke's running towards the end zone. It's literally (laughs) a touchdown, and he just slides at the five-yard line for no reason at all. Like, that's how I know that some of my reactions are not overreactions is when, like, Seth or another one of my buddies texted me. He goes, why the hell did Taylor Heineke slide there? Like, I know they scored on the next play, but, like, what was the purpose of that slide? And, dude, there's something to be said. I mean, dude, football is an emotional game. I think it would get everybody fired up if you see a QB scramble in from, you know, 18 yards out or whatever and, and, you know, lower the shoulder to cross the goal line, man, as opposed to sliding at the one and then doing a little handoff. I think the most frustrating part for me is, like, it's pretty clear that B. John Robinson is by far the best player on that team. And I don't even think it's debatable at this point. Like, I mean... The dude had 40 yards after the first quarter. I think he had 50 the rest of the game. Like, I I just don't think Arthur Smith knows what he's doing. And, like, everybody makes these jokes about Arthur Smith is trying to be the smartest guy in the room. Like, no, that's really what he's trying to do. He's, like, trying to prove that, man, I'm going to win without giving my best players the ball. (laughs) Like, I'm going to show you guys how this is done. And it's like. I said it yesterday. I don't think anybody in that organization deserves a pass right now. I think Terry Fontenot has blame. I think Arthur Blank has huge blame. I I just, I feel like the fact that he still has a job today tells you kind of everything you need to know as a whole about the Falcons. This organization is not committed to winning. They are not serious about winning. You, you literally dumped three first-round picks into three offensive players, and the offense looks as bad as it's ever looked. And, like, Arthur Smith was supposed to make the offense look good. Like, even without the star players, the offense was supposed to look better. It's worse than it's ever been. And, dude, his first year he had Matt Ryan in that offense. As, as old as Matt Ryan looked his last year in Atlanta, he still looked 100 times better than Ritter or Heineke has looked at all and Mariota last year for that matter. I just, I don't get it, man. They, they ran this dude out of town, and for what? Like, the Falcons are in a worse place than they were two years ago. To me, outside of the cap situation, they're in no better of a spot than they were two years ago, and that's with better players, really. I just... I think an aging Matt Ryan on this team looks pretty damn good, man. I think they're setting a lot better than they are right now after, you know, 10 weeks of the regular season. So... I root for, obviously everybody knows, I root for Nebraska in college and I root for Atlanta and the pros. Between those two teams, they don't have one quarterback that I trust completely to pass over five yards. Like, that's that's where I'm at with my football fandom right now, and it's, it's a bad place to be, man. It, it really is. I just, I feel for some of these guys, like, this is not what B. John Robinson thought he was coming into. There's just, there's no way. Same thing with Pitts and London like there's there's no way this is what they thought they were walking into and it's sad man and the worst part about this whole fucking thing is somebody reminded me today they are a game back of the NFC South lead so they can seriously still win this division I have zero hope that they're going to do that and I really don't want them to because knowing them they'll win the division and then Arthur Smith will probably get like a five-year extension and I'll have to live (laughs) this out for the next 10 years like (laughs) 
There's your worst there, nightmare is they they win it and they catch you know one of the good wild card teams who's got some injuries and is just in a funk and they end up you know sneaking the, winning a playoff game man that's almost your worst nightmare as a Falcons fan is messed up as that sounds right now it is and I know this is taking way longer than it should but I mean no you're good man it's, dude this is I, I look at you know you're my dude, before. Being my podcast co-host, you're also my boy, dude. So I'm just looking at this as a, you know, I know you're not going to go sit down and talk to a therapist. So I'm, I'm looking at this as, you know, just, this is your chance to vent and share with the group and let out some of that negativity out of you, man. Just let it flow. Like, I know I know a lot of people don't get it. And for what whatever, it is what it is. But like, dude, when you root for a sports team, like you put your heart and soul into it. I mean, you know that better than anybody else. I watched yeah, me and you watch the Super Bowl together like. I, I know what that looks like. I saw your soul leave your body in the middle of that game. Like, it's just, <laughs> dude, when, when you put so much, like, I mean, first of all, you're spending money on watching them play. Even if you're not going to games, you're still spending money on watching them. You're buying jerseys. I mean, dude, we bought Bijan jerseys. I bought my whole family. Paying for Sunday ticket or yeah. whatever cable you're paying for, man. Yeah. And, and, and dude, honestly, like, dude, it's an escape, man. Yeah. It's, if you really, sit there and boil it down to what it is it you it, it seems dumb right you're yeah. you're you're getting emotionally invested in people that don't know you exist but dude it's just something fun it's just a fun little escape for a couple hours a week man to to you know to go on that ride dude and it is a ride you know for for all the the, the highs and lows and you, you just hope that they balance each other out right over the course of your fanhood the highs and lows you end up you know sort of being equal on the scale but for Falcons fans over the last 20 years, dude, we've just had our freaking hearts ripped out and kicked down the street so many times. Yeah, it it's just it, it's frustrating to and I, I know like this sounds ridiculous. Like as many times as the Falcons have just absolutely shit on their fans with the way they've blown games and stuff like this shouldn't be my breaking point. My breaking point should have been a long time ago, obviously. It's just, dude, I'm not one of those people that's just going to like abandon a team like i just no i don't you know are loyal dude i don't know dude. Yeah, it's probably the first word i need to describe you is freaking loyal man i just and I, dude i'm the same way with life like I, i'm yeah. loyal to my friends like even sometimes to a fault and um I, it's just who i am but it, the thing is is like i'm yesterday it kind of made me realize how ridiculous how it is that i just like let this control my sunday every week like <laughs> No, I'm, I'm being serious. Like, this isn't supposed it to be... It's Sunday. No, I'm laughing because I've been there, bro. And to me, I, I think you're underselling it. It ain't the Sunday, bro. Dude, some of those Falcons losses, it's it's lunch Tuesday before I'm back, uh, you know, in a good mood where I can smile and laugh about stuff like I normally would. It, it's just... I don't know, man. You just... You, you, like, root for a team so long and, like, put so much into it. And, like, don't get me wrong. I did not think the Falcons were going to be good this season. Before the season even started, I said... I'm hopeful because they got a bad schedule, but I'm not expecting anything. Like I, I was hoping Bijan would look like a star, and he does when they give him the ball. Like that—that's the one takeaway I'm going to have from this season is Bijan is as good as I thought he was going to be. Problem is, he doesn't get the ball enough, so I'll never get to find out under this offense how good he actually is. Um, but it's just—I don't know, man. You just do this every Sunday and. Just peek behind the curtain. Yesterday, we we set up Christmas stuff in my house. We and I know people are groaning already. Like I'm talking about Christmas, and it's a week before Thanksgiving. I get it, but <laughs> setting all this stuff up, and I didn't really. I, I I was watching the noon games, but I I was barely watching the noon games. And 
the, the usually when the Falcons aren't playing, like that's when I enjoy football. So it sucked for me because like the noon game should have been my enjoyment of the day. That three o'clock window hit, and I just I knew what was going to happen just because I know how this team does things. And I don't know, man. Somehow it was even worse. Like just watching that fucking idiot on the sidelines smiling during the game. It's just because he knows Arthur Blank ain't going to fire him. Like right. as much as I'm calling for him to get fired, that's not Arthur Blank's mo. He's he fired Dan Quinn after they started zero and five, but that was a desperate measure situation. Um, I I don't know, man. I just I I don't see any way this improves with the head coach being Arthur Smith. I feel like I don't know, man. I, I feel like he thought he had a way to make this team work and obviously it's not working because like I said they've gotten worse every year um and yeah dude watching them lose to the Cardinals who had one win two wins in the last year one win this season it just it was so disheartening just watching them just collapse against that team because dude I Kyler Murray is a good player I'm not gonna say he's not the Cardinals are not a good team at all. They're, they're just not. It, it, that's a bad football team, and the Falcons just eventually let them take it over. And, yeah, frustrating to watch. That's that's really the gist of it, and I don't know, man. I just – it's not enjoyable. I'm so glad they have a bye this week so I don't have to watch them lose. It's just – dude, the worst part is, too, is, like, they needed this game because they played the Saints off the bye, and you know how much I hate that game. Like. That's a huge game, too. Yeah, it's just – and that's – we'll get into it when we start talking about the week and stuff, but it's just – yeah, it's bad. I know I didn't go off as much as everybody was hoping, but it's just – I think he did, man. This was a solid 12-minute rant on the Falcons, dude. It was all good stuff, man. Do you feel at least a little bit better getting that off your chest and sharing it with the world? I don't know. Tw- check your Twitter real quick. Is Arthur Smith still employed? No, I don't <laughs> feel is, better. All right. Uh, before we get into the rest of the week, dude, we have a suddenly really intriguing Monday night game, man. The uh, Broncos holding a seven-point lead in the third quarter and just stopped the Bills on a on a fourth down, man. What do you think, dude? Is, is Russ and the Broncos, are they about to start making something happen second half of the season, or are the Bills just, just in a huge slump at the worst time? Dude, uh, I said this three weeks ago, and you played it off like there's nothing going on here. There's something wrong with the Bills, and it starts with Josh Allen. I don't know what is going on with this dude and the reads he's making. The first interception was definitely not his fault. Gabe Davis should have caught that ball. The The second one was horrible. That was one of the most god-awful throws I've seen him make. That was like when my son throws on Madden, dude. Just, you know, you got a deep out. The the cornerback is all over it from the moment the ball snapped, and you still just throw it anyways. I don't know, man. I... I don't think the Broncos are going to make a run by any means, but I mean, this if they beat the Bills tonight, that would be the Chiefs and the Bills in the last three weeks. So you can't argue with that. It is pretty impressive. So, uh, But yeah, I think this has way more to do with the Bills than it does the Broncos. Should be fun to keep our eye on anyways as we go through the, uh, the rest of the show. You ready to get into the week of football? Yeah, let's do it. We're, we're going to talk about three teams at the top because I feel like there's no other place we can start this week. We're going to start with the Texans. 
CJ Stroud has to be the best rookie quarterback ever, right? Like, there's, I don't even think it's arguable at this point, dude. He's probably in the MVP conversation yeah, at this point. I think he's if if they end up making, you know, D'Amico Ryan's is starting to look like a lock for for coach of the year. At the, you know, unless he goes in a huge slump, he's going to win rookie of the year. And yeah, I think he's on the fringes of MVP right now. The, the, he's been the best quarterback in the league the last two weeks. That's hands down. Um, yeah, I would say NFL rookies tend to fade a little bit, you know, in December that last month, we see that traditionally a lot, but dude's looking like the real deal so far. And you got to feel for the Panthers. I don't feel for the Panthers, but I feel for Bryce Young, man. Like how awkward is that, that, you know, this team gave up all this and he's clearly, um, I mean, I wouldn't even say he's the second best QB in this class right now, but excuse me, he's definitely not better than, uh, than CJ Stroud, man. So yeah, I, but he's looking, he's looked amazing. Two straight weeks, game winning drives, man. What more could you ask for? We talked about this earlier. I, I think it was a couple of weeks ago, but I, I just want to reiterate, dude, the Texans went out and they got their quarterback. And then rather than just like wait it out and see what they get next year for a draft pick, they were like, you know what? Screw it. Let's trade next year's draft pick and get go back up and get Will Anderson. Dude. When there's a guy on the board that you really want, this should be a lesson to NFL GMs. When there's somebody there that you really want and you think that they fit your team mold, you just go get them. It, the cost doesn't matter. Dude, draft picks, as I mean, 50% of them bust anyway. Like, th- There's a chance that your next five draft picks could all be bust. So if the guy's there that you want and you know he's going to fit your team, you just go get him, dude. Will Anderson's a stud. He doesn't always show up in the stats, but just the way he plays, he plays hard and takes on blocks and stuff. And, like, dude, a lot of young defensive ends and rush ends, they don't know how to do that. Like, all they're worried about is getting to the quarterback. Dude's just a fundamentally sound football player. And, I mean, the Bengals did kind of give that game away yesterday. I'm not saying, like, the Texans just absolutely obliterated the Bengals because they didn't, but they did enough in the end, and, be one of the hottest teams in the NFL, if not the hottest team in the NFL. So, yeah, man, hats off to the Texans. That was absolutely impressive, and C.J. Stroud is the truth. Dude, the Jaguars better watch out. The Texans are only a game back. They already beat the Jaguars in Jacksonville earlier this season. They actually whooped their ass. I think they beat them of something like 37-17. to 17. Um, so, I mean, yeah, they could end up winning the freaking AFC South and hosting a playoff game. And that is not a team. You know that fan base is thirsty for it, man. Oh, yeah. That place is going to be going nuts, dude. Could you imagine if uh, a wild card Cleveland goes into Houston to uh, play the Texans, man, for the in opening week of the playoffs? How great would that be? Uh, also, I want to say, um, after, like, what was it, week three or week four, me and Seth both picked we said the Texans could easily win the South and everybody kind of mocked us. Like I got a couple of text messages about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Then uh, look what's happening now. D'Amico Ryan has those boys playing like they don't have a lot of household names in that receiving core, but Nico Collins and Tank Dell are doing it. Dalton Schultz is an excellent tight end. And dude, I think, uh, I think old Damian Pierce lost his job yesterday. Devin Singletary is a beast. Yeah, I think he had 150 yards uh, rushing yesterday. He looked incredible yesterday. So, yeah. Um, I said we were going to talk about three teams. I I think we know what three teams we're going to talk about just because we don't ever see them on the top of the league. The Browns are the second one. Dude. Went into Baltimore, beat the Ravens, dude. And not not just beat them. Weren't they down like 17 or 14 or something like that? I mean, dude, they, they... they look tough, man. The Browns are a tough team, dude. Okay, well, we're, we can mute this part in the post-production, but 
Deshaun Watson was 14 of 14 in the second half yesterday. He killed it, dude. He looked like so. Yeah, he was. It didn't quite look like the old Deshaun, but he it was definitely the best half of football he's played as a Cleveland Brown. Um, and dude, he that was a tough run he made to set up that game winning field goal. Man, you know, broke out of some pressure in the backfield and and picked up the yardage they needed to make you know to give them a shot to win the game. So, dude, if they can just get if they can get the poor man's version of 2020 Deshaun Watson, like this team is going to be nasty in the playoffs, man. I still don't think Watson's good enough to get them, uh, you know, to get them to like a conference championship, but they are going to be a hell of a problem for whoever they end up playing um, come January. Dude, I think all they really need is 60% of 2020 Deshaun Watson. I I seriously think if they get 60% of him, that's all they're going to need. They don't need a ton of offense. Now, granted, they had to score a lot of points yesterday, but I don't think that's going to be their general on how they win games. I think their defense is going to shut the other team down more times than not. Um, But, yeah, good luck playing them when it gets to crunch time and they got that defense. And like we said, if Watson's even 60% of what he was, best of luck, man. Yeah, I think they're the kind of team that no matter who they're playing against, they can they can junk it up and get it to at least where like it's coming down to the last possession one way or another. You know what I mean? And then it's just down to who who makes a couple plays in the closing minutes. But but yeah, they're going to be a tough out, man. If I if I'm one of the true AFC heavyweights, I do not want to see Cleveland coming into my stadium uh, in January. The craziest part is their best offensive player has been out since week two, dude. They haven't had Nick yeah. Chubb since week two. Imagine if they yeah. had him, what they would look like right now. I, yeah, they're, they're going to be tough. Seth always says I have this underdog fetish, dude. I don't think this is any more an underdog fetish with the Browns. This team's good, man. They're they're, they're real on wheels, dude. The AFC North is just an absolute bloodbath. Like playing those four teams, good god. Um, the last one, obviously, we're going to talk about the Lions. So, when is the last time that we ever had a week where you could talk positively and about high how high up the standings the lions browns and texans were i'd i'd be shocked if there was ever a time where these three teams were as high up as they are yeah that's a that's a that's a small venn diagram right there dude those three circles aligning but yeah man the lions look legit dude they, their defense still worries me man i mean hebert herbert had a freaking you know best game he's had probably all season um but they, you know, Jared Goff's the truth, dude. Maybe the Rams, you, I, they got the Super Bowl, so you can't criticize it. But man, how much do you think they wish they had, uh, you know, a younger Jared Goff now instead of instead of sticking with Matt Stafford? I tell you what, I have been one that has done nothing but give Jared Goff a ton of shit. I mean, it's tough to argue with how well he's playing right now. Like he's, he's good, dude. he. And the best thing about him is his he's learned from past mistakes. He doesn't force throws to, to create turnovers because, dude, that game yesterday, I just – I think that shows a lot about the Lions as a team as a whole. I think that's a game that a year ago they probably lose, honestly. Like, that that's not yeah. a game the Lions usually win. Like, usually they find a way to lose that game. They got the ball. Dan Campbell has some brass balls, by the way. They went five (laughs) of six on fourth downs yesterday. I love it. One of which was at a point where they could have just kicked the field goal, given the ball back to the Chargers, but he's like, nope, we're going for it. Like, dude, that takes some serious balls to go for that at that point in the game. And Dan Campbell, I know you said D'Amico Ryans, but, man, it would be really tough for me to not give Dan Campbell coach of the year right now with what he's doing with, the Lions, the Lions of all teams. Like, I 
don't know, man. This is just it's a wild ride watching them play football. That yeah, that was a big win because the Chargers. Obviously, you guys, if you've been listening to us at all this season, you know how we feel about the Chargers coaching staff. That's still a super talented roster. I mean, Herbert put up four touchdowns. I think Keenan Allen had something like 170 yards receiving. That is still a pretty stacked roster. And uh, Detroit went toe to toe with them and, and ended up getting a dub. So yeah, the, you know, I feel like they've kind of. They, they haven't had a ton of national TV games uh, this season, so I feel like they're flying a little bit under the radar, but they could end up getting – the thing about them going into Philly, you know, if you're assuming Philly's going to end up getting home field advantage in the in the NFC, you know they're going to have no fear, dude. Dan Campbell's going to have that team fired up, man. They're going to have no fear. They're going to be emptying out the playbook, going forward on fourth down, doing unconventional shit. And, uh, yeah, I think they're a serious threat to Philly to end up upsetting them in the playoffs. Yeah. The the way they play football can translate to any time of year, any type of weather. They they hammer the ball. Like between Montgomery and Gibbs, they got a one two punch at running back. Man, dude, it is just I, I want to talk about something about Montgomery specifically. It is absolutely uncanny how many running backs the Bears just give up on. Like Dude, back to Forte. I mean, it, it just seems like these running backs hit their prime and the Bears are like, yeah, we'd rather not pay him. We'll just give him up for nothing. It's just, <laughs> it's insane. David Montgomery is still a star. Like, he's, he's really good. It. I don't I think I don't. he had, he's had one of the best running back games all season. Was it back earlier in the year when he had something like 170 yards and three touchdowns, man? And what, he had a 75-yard touchdown run yesterday. Yeah, uh, I don't remember what game it was. It might have been that game, but the announcers were talking about all the guys the Bears have traded away in the last five years. Yikes. That is a list of lists. Roquan Smith being the top of that list. I still don't know what they were thinking dumping him. That that was a bonehead move. That dude's unreal. I think he had something like... The, had 21 tackles yesterday. Yeah, 21 tackles today. I mean, just the production, dude. Like... Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't. I didn't get that. I mean, dude, when you think Bears, the first thing you think of is like linebackers, man. You know, like Dick Buckus, freaking Mike Singletary, Brian Urlacher. Like, that's just almost freaking sacrilege for the Bears to trade a stud linebacker like that. I yeah, I don't. I I didn't understand that when they did it, and I understand it even less now. So, um, okay, we'll move on from those three teams. Um. Next note I have in here, NFC South should be banished from the NFL. I don't think that's an arguable point at, anymore. Saints are garbage. <laughs> the Bucks are garbage. The Falcons are garbage. And the Panthers are the worst team in the NFL now. I, what a terrible division. The fact that they're going to get a home game is embarrassing. They got to change Yeah, that. I mean, when I, started, when I started watching football as a kid, they uh, – uh, it was only 28 teams, man. The Panthers and Jaguars weren't around. The original uh, Browns, uh, or, you know, the Browns that we have now weren't around. You know, they ended up turning into the Ravens, and the Texans weren't there. So, yeah, I'm down with it, man. Let's go 28 teams. We, you know, we've been talking about bringing NFL Europe back. The NFL's hell-bent on making it international, dude. Whichever four, like, whatever the crappiest division is, I say just ship their ass to Europe. Make them play in Europe for the next season, dude, and that can be, like, their punishment. All four of those teams are garbage, like, None of them have any hope either is the craziest part. Like the, the, now, I, I got to argue with saying they don't have any hope, man. 
I think if the Saints stick with Jameis for the rest of the season, they at least got something, dude. They I love yesterday. They won't. We got the full Jameis experience, dude. He came in in a quarter and a half, and he threw two badass touchdown passes <laughs> and two interceptions, dude. Like, we got – like I said, dude, Jameis is always going to give you something, man. Like, it is, he is going to make something happen for good or worse. He's It's never just going to be – because I feel like right now in the NFL, there's a lot of quarterbacks who are just like almost non-factors in the game, you know, despite being starting quarterbacks. Um, Jameis is going to get in there. He's going to do something, dude. Somebody is making a big play, whether it's his team or the other team. So I just cracked up so much. I, you know, I saw I was watching Red Zone. I saw that he was in there uh, a little bit, you know, past. I think it was a little bit after halfway of the third quarter. I was like, all right, let's see what Jameis does. And I kind of my attention <laughs> drifted somewhere else. I look at the end of the game. I think he had like 120 yards passing, two touchdowns, two picks. I was like, yep, same old Jameis. <laughs> Mr. 30-30 himself. Like, he just – he cannot avoid the costly turnover. But he is fun to watch. Something yeah. I don't think anyone can say about Derek Carr. Dude, I take, if, dude, if my life's on fleeced, the line, I take him at QB over, over Carr any day. He absolutely fleeced the Saints on getting that big of a contract. Derek Carr is garbage. I, yeah, I will he's, never He's understand. just a guy, dude. He's like – I mean, he's literally like the most – I would say he's actually below average now, but even at his peak, like – why are you shelling out that for Derek Carr, man? He's 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 just a guy. He's not good at all. Like there's just nothing he does that you're like, all right. Somebody called him uh, empty stats, Derek Carr yesterday, and that is exactly what it is. Like he'll throw for 300 yards, but like the game gets over, and you're like, God damn, he had 300 yards. It's just yeah. I saw just scrolling NFL Twitter, man. I saw a Saints fan, pretty impassioned, was like, dude, at least Jameis looks like he wants to be there. Like you know, Derek Carr's got this, you know. Maybe you call it, you know, stoic, whatever. But I think the way it, the way it comes off for us watching at home is like he just doesn't really care about being there and doesn't doesn't got passion, dude. The thing about Jameis, man, you know he fucking cares, dude. Like he is going out there, he's going to try to make his teammates believe that they're going to get the get the win. Um, so yeah, dude. If I'm if I'm the Saints, I'm I'm telling you know Carr, hey, take this week to heal up and give Jameis one week, you know, and well, see what he does. They're on a bye this week, and they got the Falcons week after. So I don't think you're getting your wish. What a perfect time. Let him start against the Falcons. Okay, so assuming, you know, I'm not going to put you on the spot to, you know, renounce or extend your fanhood one way or another. Assuming that you're still diehard Falcons fan next Sunday, who would you rather see at quarterback for the Saints, Carr or Winston? Oh, as far as for the Falcons winning? Yeah. Uh, Derek Carr by far. Yeah. Like, Winston, there's, that- there's always the potential. Drop thirty on you, dude. That's sad though, too, because Winston could throw two pick sixes in a heartbeat. Like, there, there's He's no high telling. floor, low ceiling, all the way, dude. Yeah, the 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 range of possibilities are are you know very very wide with Jameis Winston. Like I said, they could drop six points and he throws four picks, or you know he could go for four hundred yards and they score thirty eight points. Whereas Derek Carr, you know, they're probably going to get somewhere between sixteen and twenty two points, dude. Yeah. Okay, moving on from the most garbage division in football to Josh Dobbs. Dude, what this dude is doing right now is like, I don't, I, I watched a couple plays of him yesterday, and the, the Saints defense is still good. Like, don't let anyone tell you that that's not a good defense. That's still a good defense. Yeah. There was a couple times where he just made the entire team look like they weren't even there. The touchdown run was was the one that I'm going to really focus on. I mean, he spun out of uh, what should have been two sacks in the same play and then outruns the entire defense to the edge and scores a touchdown. Like, dude, I, I don't know what else you can say about Josh Dobbs. He makes the Vikings look so much better. 
because there's one thing, and this is not a rip on Kirk Cousins at all, because Kirk Cousins balled out this year. I will not rip on Kirk Cousins about this year. Yeah, we're we're Kirk Cousins fans here on the goal there's line for sure. There's something that Josh Dobbs adds to this offense that Kirk Cousins could never do. He can scramble outside the pocket and improvise. Like if the play is dead, it's not always dead with Dobbs in there as quarterback. I seriously think their ceiling is higher with Dobbs and then Cousins. Maybe that's a hot take, but I think it is. I think with the state of their O-line, what we've seen while Kirk Cousins was there, I think you're 100% right. Because Kirk Cousins, dude, he was having a career year in spite of that offensive line, man. Like, there was a lot of times, dude, Kirk Cousins dropping back, looking at a freaking, you know, picnic table full of defenders, dude, coming right at him. Um, so, yeah, I think Josh Dobbs definitely presents a better option for him. Dude, the crazy thing is, we still haven't even seen him with Justin Jefferson. Man. I know. The Vikings are the hottest team in the NFL right now. They've won five straight games. They were 1-4, and four, and now they're 6-4. and four. That is absolutely incredible. Yeah. One and four. Yeah, with freak. And then, you know, Justin Jefferson's down. You see Kirk Cousins go down. They're, they're basically left for dead, man. And, and here they are, dude. Like, the Vikings are good. I didn't want to send it to you, man. I, I literally had it, like, pulled up to send it to you just for, for football fandom's sake, dude. Um, but there was a video going around from in the locker room after that Falcons game. And, dude, I would say just as somebody who has, you know, played football for a long time, been coaching football, just been around football my whole life, dude, the vibes on that team are on point right now, man. Like just hearing um, O'Connell talking to the team in the locker room, seeing how fired up they all are, just how together they seemed. Like, yeah, I would definitely keep an eye on the Vikings uh, down the stretch in the NFC. They, they got something going there. Yeah, they're going to be tough to beat. But, yeah, we, we had to give Josh Dobbs his flowers after the last two weeks. Like, granted, they're playing the shittiest division in football, but still, it still counts as wins. Still the NFL, man. Um, yeah, it, it, it it's tough to win no matter who you're playing. I figure the last thing we should touch on is the 49ers. Yeah, as we, as we all suspected, um, the overreaction was definitely way too much. <laughs> Everybody back healthy, and what do you know? They're kicking ass on the road against AFC playoff teams. Man, I'd be a little worried if I was a Jags fan, honestly. I'd, I'd be a tad concerned. Like, me and Seth talked about this a little bit yesterday. There's something wrong with that team. I don't know what it is, but whether it's their sum is less than whatever that expression is, it's like, you know, where sometimes the sum is greater than the parts. The sum is less than all the parts on this one, dude. Like, they got a ton of talent, and it's just not coming through on Sundays, man. Obviously, we have zero idea what's going on in that building, but. Yeah, they they should be. I mean, they are six and three, but it's an underwhelming six and three, and they've gotten smacked around pretty good anytime they've gone up against you know some of the heavyweights in, in the in across the league. Uh, so yeah, I I'm very worried about them, dude. We we were picking a, a very very you know we were picking Jacksonville to go something like thirteen and four, fourteen and three uh, before this season, but that's looking like a long shot at this point. Yeah, they're not going to beat anyone that's they're going to beat the teams they should be and they're going to lose to the teams that they either are 50 50 on or they should lose to so yeah not Trevor Lawrence made me look like a genius you know last week I said he was the mid-season MVP and he goes out and I think he completed less than 50 I think it was either less than or it was right at 50 percent of his passes no touchdowns two picks man I I still stand by it dude if you if you know I, I read a lot of pro football focus I'm on there like it's not Patreon, but the equivalent of their Patreon, their paid membership. They grade out all the games. The, he is still playing really, really good. I told Jordan yesterday, was, you know, as we were texting back and forth about it, think like 2018, 2019 Matt Ryan, where maybe the stats didn't show, but if you actually watched the games, you knew that like he was the only thing keeping the Falcons from being a straight-up embarrassment. You know? um, 
But yeah, it's not not looking great in Jacksonville. And dude, with how much money they've spent on that team, uh, I wouldn't be surprised, man, if we might see a a, uh, a change at head coach after this year if they if they end up fading bad down the stretch. Doug Peterson, man, got fired two years after winning a Super Bowl in Philly. And I said when that happened, there was some more to that than meets the eye. And I, I think we're starting to learn why Doug Peterson got fired in Philly. Whatever it is, his concept or his offense, they have way too much talent to be playing this badly. I, I mean, like we said, th- yeah, they have three losses, but those three losses have looked way worse than they've looked better in the six or seven games they've won, if that makes sense. It's yeah. just, it's not good. And <sighs> Calvin Ridley is a quitter. That dude is a quitter of a football player. He's, he, he's just say it. He's a bitch, dude. No, he is, dude. He, he the dude just quits. Like when when they when they're losing, he doesn't even try to make an effort. He just he looks literally like he would rather be anywhere on on earth than playing on that team. I looked at his stats for the season. Holy shit, man! Three for twenty this week. 10 for 83 last week. That was a good game. Four for five against... Oh, wait. Sorry, sorry. Two for 20 this week. I was looking at targets. Two for 20 this week. Six for 83 last week. One for five the week before that. Four for 30. Seven for 122. Two for 38. Three for 40. Two for 32. And eight for 101. This dude is not playing the way he should be playing. Like Yeah, that's crazy. Like, you know, that, that week one, he looked like he was going to be an all-pro. And since then, he's looked anything but an all pro. I just, yeah, I just don't think this dude has it in him to be the baller we all thought he was going to be. I just, it's so weird to me too, because he is a really good player when he wants to be. Weird. Um. All right. Last thing. Race to number one. Well, the Cardinals won. So, who's right back in the driver's seat? The Panthers. Oh, wait. Their pick goes to the Bears. So, Bears right back in driver's seat for the number one overall pick. We didn't get to see Fields last week. Bajent number orange or Bajent orange wins wins the game <laughs> for them against the Panthers. Dude, if if Justin Fields th- doesn't play this week, you really have to start wondering if they're just sitting him just to keep his trade value high so he doesn't ruin anything. Yeah, I, possible. I mean, dude, at this point, the Panthers are not going to win more than... <sighs> One more game, maybe at the if that if so they can't beat the Bears of all teams, you know, on a, on Thursday night on a short week. Yeah, I, I got some serious question marks about them. The craziest thing, though, is so let's say they do win a game. The Giants move up to the number one pick and there was a, something came out yesterday that said they are not opposed to taking a quarterback in the draft. So whether or not they get one or two. Uh, Danny Dimes' days are basically numbered at this point because I'm. I got a feeling they're either getting Drake May or they're getting Caleb Williams. One of those two guys is going to be the quarterback for the Giants next year. Which, from what we've seen out of that team this year, they need to make a quarterback change, and it needs to be their first overall pick. So, you're not a fan of freaking Tommy DeVito, man? Dude, I felt bad for that guy yesterday. I really did. Th- that guy should not be playing in an NFL game. There's just no way. I saw a uh, I saw a meme on Twitter and it was like the reason that uh, Brian Dayball doesn't bench DeVito is he doesn't want these guys waiting for him after the game and had a picture of the Sopranos. <laughs> standing there. Well, did you see his family in the stands? Yesterday? <laughs> yeah, bro, he's got the it wise guys, man. 
Yeah, we got a freaking wise guy QB for the Giants. Yeah, man. Uh, yeah, dude, it's a it's a lot of bad teams out there, man. I think the Cardinals with Kyler back, you know, he looked like he shook off the rust uh, as the game went on. I don't think I don't think they're going to be worse. I, yeah, I think the Giants are probably the biggest threat, dude. I think the Giants are straight up dog shit, man. The Panthers still seem to be playing with a little bit of spark, so maybe they could sneak a couple out, especially as the season goes on and some teams have less and less to play for. Um, Josh yeah, Allen. I think if I was betting right now, I say the Giants end up with worst record in the league. Are you still watching the game? Josh Allen goes for a handoff and literally just drops the ball. Oh my gosh, dude. He literally just let the ball fall out of his hand. They look like the running back wasn't even really trying to get the ball, man. I wonder they look like maybe like some sort of miscommunication or something there. Not good though. We're still tied up, right? 15 15. I kind of been sucked in on the podcast here. Yes, 15 15, minute to go in the third. Okay. Uh, here, let me real quick, man, before we move on to uni watch, cause it's going to be brief. Let me give you a quick playoff, uh, snapshot right now, dude. So yeah. the season ended right now in the AFC, the chiefs would be getting the bye. you know, shocker. Uh, we're not going to go through the games, but just how enticing are these first round matchups to you? So we would have the Ravens and the Texans in Baltimore. Uh, very, very enticing. Yeah. That'd be a good game, dude. I think, you know, depend Baltimore, they're seven and three. They've had a couple weeks where they look dominating, but then they have also have times where they're like totally average. So that'd be a fun game. Good place to see CJ Stroud get his, you know, that, that'd be a good place to, you know, bust your playoff cherry, dude, on, on the road against the Ravens, man. That'd be a, t- that's a tough one. Listen to this, dude. Now you're shaking in your boots if you're the Jaguars. If the season ended right now, the Jaguars would be hosting the Cleveland Browns in wildcard weekend. Best of luck to you. That's what I would say to the Jaguars. Dude, any of the teams that are going to end up in the wild card are better than the Jaguars. Let's just be clear. Go one through five. Which of those teams do you not think would beat the Jaguars? Steelers, probably a little bit of a toss-up, but if, if you know, gun to my head, I'm probably picking Pittsburgh to beat them too. Dude, Jacksonville is not in a good spot at all right now. Like, And that's if they even win the division. Yeah, true. The uh, the last one in the in the AFC would be the Dolphins and the Steelers in Miami. I think the Dolphins would beat the shit out of the Steelers, honestly. Like the Steelers have <laughs> in, been in the, the NFC. The Steelers are just hanging Go around ahead. every week, but they've. I think they said they've been outgained um, in yardage in four of their six wins. Like that's insane. They're pesky though, man. They got they playmakers, are. dude. But yeah, they, you're right though. They are like it's like how the hell is this? Team? I mean. I can't remember. I think it was something they're like 15 and four going back to last season over their last 19 games. Like they're really, they're really playing some winning football despite it being less than impressive when you look at the stat sheet. All right. Over in the NFC, we would have Detroit and Minnesota in Detroit. I think that'd be a great yeah. uh, home playoff game for Detroit, man. That's exactly the kind of matchup you want. Uh, Cause I think they could, they could pretty much freaking run the, the Vikings off the field. Uh Listen to this, dude. I mean, this, you know, if this, if it comes to pass like this, you already know this is going to be the last, that's the Sunday afternoon game of Wild Card Weekend. This is Monday night, dude. They'd put this on Monday night. Yeah, they may just do it Monday night. Ratings bonanza, dude. The Niners and the Cowboys in San Fran once again. Yeah. Can you imagine the hype around that, dude? It just, I mean, if you're a Cowboys fan, like that's got to put a lump in your throat just seeing that matchup. It seems like the Niners have just had their numbers so much over the last few years. Yeah, that would not be ideal for Dallas. I love it. I hope we get it, man. I mean, dude, the Niners and Cowboys, that's like you could there's a few you could argue about, but that's, you know, definitely one of the all-time rivalries in uh in the NFL, man. I that takes me back to my childhood, you know, Steve Young going up against Troy Aikman and shit. 
Oh, b- before we move on from Dallas, we have to say something about Dak because we we give him shit when he's bad. The last four oh, games, no. this dude is playing like otherworldly football. So, um, yeah, Dallas is scary, man. They still got an offense and a good enough defense to get it done. So, I wouldn't count them out yet. So we said the Niners and the Cowboys would be the uh, you know the most hyped game uh, ratings, bana- TV ratings bonanza. You know the executives priority pulling strings for the refs to make sure this happens wildcard weekend. Uh, this last one, dude, this may have been on the CW, man, uh, for uh, for all I know, dude. The Saints against the Seahawks in New Orleans. Mm. I don't even know if they televised that one. Beast Quake Volume 2. Hopefully Marshawn Lynch <laughs> comes back. I think Gino would freaking go in there, go to New Orleans and get the win, man. Yeah. Whoever comes out of the South is not winning a playoff game. There's just no way. All right. Let's hit a quick uni watch. Oh. I botched the music. Let's try that again. Take two. All right. Only two teams to discuss this week. So we'll start off by doing the beverage break. What are you drinking tonight, man? Well, as you can imagine, uh, after a shitty weekend like that, went a little bit stronger tonight. Went with uh, some screwball eggnog tonight. So, yeah, it's good, man. It's got a hint of peanut butter, obviously, with the peanut butter whiskey, but it still tastes like eggnog. So, yeah, I'm a big fan of this. Nice, man. Yeah, I know we got a couple uh, screwball aficionados that are that are hardcore listeners of the show. I'm drinking a Shiner Ruby Redbird. This is Shiner Bach uh, out of Texas. It's their light beer with a little bit of grapefruit juice mixed into the brew. So just a solid light beer. That's what I'll be sipping on the rest of the way. So another slow week for the alternate uniforms. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll see. We'll keep kicking it around. We may end up replacing this with a different segment if there's just not enough meat on the bone. Uh, week after week to discuss as we get deeper in the season. But first off, we had the Bears for the second time this season rocking the all-orange jerseys. They looked a little bit better under the nighttime lights, but it's still a thumbs down for me. How about you? Those are just disgusting, dude. The Bears with orange helmets is it just does not seem right at all to me. Stick with the blue helmets, dude. I used to like it. You know, we talked about it before. I liked it back in the Erlacher Rex Grossman days when they did the orange jerseys, but still kept the blue helmets. The orange helmets are just too much for me. Like, yeah, if I think with the navy helmet, this would look sharp, but the yeah. the orange helmet's just too much. And then last, this is a subtle one, but I kind of dig it, man. For Veterans Day, the Cowboys rocked the uh, the red stripe on one side of their helmet stripe, so they had the red, white, and blue. Cowboys, even though it's not my favorite jersey, their uniforms are really kind of hater-proof, right? They're pretty much yeah. perfect from like a, a critical standpoint. And I think just the subtle tweak of throwing that red star in there just looks classy as hell. And uh, two thumbs up for me. Oh, 100%. It's, it looks beautiful. Um, one thing I will say, so we're, we've I think we've seen all the alternates for this year. I think I read that somewhere that everybody's already busted theirs out. But this next week might not be as good either. But the following week is Thanksgiving weekend, and usually Ooh. everybody busts out their Sunday best for Thanksgiving weekend, especially Thanksgiving Day games. So I think we'll yep. have a packed week um, the following week. Maybe this week we'll we'll try a different segment this coming week. Um, but yeah, Thanksgiving week, we are going to need to have a full uni watch that week. Definitely, man. And we got Black Friday football for the first time this year, too. So, so yeah, if you're a listener, if you got a got a suggestion for uh, – for another segment or something to take the place of uni watch, let us know. Cause yeah, we're, uh, 
This one's probably running out of steam. I think next Go week ahead. for instead of uni watch, we should uh, do like Thanksgiving sides or something like that. Like because because it, yes. it'll be it, 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 we'll drop this on Tuesday morning, two days before Thanksgiving, so people have something to listen to going into Thanksgiving. Anybody with a drive or anything, we got to do something for Thanksgiving next week. Yeah, we can talk about our <laughs> our Thanksgiving spreads, and then yeah, we could construct the uh, the perfect Thanksgiving meal. Absolutely. All right, let's get into picks. All right, Jordan, how'd we do last week? All right, Swaggy, time to gloat for you. You didn't win this week, but uh, I went nine and four this week. You went eight and five. Obviously, we both have the bills tonight, so nothing's going to change this week. I did went back and did all the math, made sure I did it correctly. You have won five weeks. I have won three weeks, and we've tied two weeks. Nice, dude. Okay, so it's anybody's game going down the stretch. Yep. All right, let's get into week 11, man. That's it, it, As we go further and further Sucks. into the season, it gets depressing, man, when I hear it. Like, how are we already on week 11? I feel like we were just, I feel like we did like the little like demo episode of this show like two weeks ago, dude. It sucks, man. I know. I was, because uh, I always do it in my notes on my phone. I typed in week 11 and I was like, and I was also thinking, holy shit, dude, the Falcons only play seven more times this year. Like, we're in the last two weeks of college football. Then you hit championship week. This, I know it's crazy to say because it's everything's about to get good. But this time of year is depressing for me because it just makes me we're on the downhill slide of not having football, and that never makes me. Happy. Once football's over, you hit that dog shit period of sports, like where it's like you know you're in just the slog of the NBA season. March Madness is still about six weeks away, and you know you're a couple months away from the NBA really heating back up. I. I, that we're going to make one NBA comment just because I, I feel like we need to at least mention it. Why the fuck did the NBA do an in-season tournament and do it two weeks into the season? This should be what we're watching as NFL gets over to keep us kind of invested in sports. Like, that's absolutely the, one of the dumbest things ever, is it not? Yeah, and you could maybe even tie it in with like the All-Star break, right? Have it in, like have it have the the championship kick off like that little break that they do for all-star uh yeah all-star make, weekend, make it you know? that that thursday night when they do the all-star break that thursday night do the championship game of the end season tournament like yeah so it, yeah dumb. Like, yeah I'm, I'm with you man i kind of i kind of dig it i wish that they had more than just money because i feel like as fans who really gives a shit i think they should tie a first round draft pick to it man and obviously you don't make it a lottery pick but maybe make it you know, the the whatever the the thirteenth or fourteenth pick, whatever the top pick outside the lottery is, maybe make it for that every year. You know what I mean? That would yeah. be super valuable. That'd be something worth playing for. I think it'd be a lot more fun for the fans. Cause I mean, yeah, it's still interesting, right? Like to see who's gonna win, but there's really not that much skin in the game for fans watching this. I agree. All right, let's get into our week eleven. I haven't even I, I only know off the top of my head one game that's happening next week. Uh so yeah, this should be fun to go through it. So we got a good one Thursday night, man. Really, really tough one to pick because I'm looking at it, dude. And it's gonna be a badass game. Uh Thursday night football, dude. The Cincinnati Bengals off that heartbreaking loss to the Texans, traveling into Baltimore, also coming off a bad beat against the Browns. Um before yesterday, I would have felt a whole lot better. I, I know the Ravens lost, but the Bengals lost Trey. They lost the game, lost Trey Hendrickson, and it sounds like T. Higgins might be out more than just the game yesterday. 
they definitely miss him when he's not there. I, I still think that they could be better off without him because they feed Jamar more. But Jamar is obviously banged up too, so they can't exactly feed him the ball 12 times right now. I think the Ravens win on a short week, man. I think this is going to be a really tough game for the Bengals. If it was at Cincinnati, I would pick Cincinnati. I just feel like the road team is always at such a disadvantage on the short week. I um, I think I'm going to go Ravens as well, man. I don't feel super confident about it. I think Joe Burrow is still the best football player on the field this game. Yep. Um. But yeah, I think short week in Baltimore, I, I think the Ravens win a close one. But to me, this is definitely a coin toss game. If Trey Hendrickson was playing, I would feel a whole lot better about the Bengals. But dude, he is the heart and soul of that defense. And when he doesn't play, they do not look the same. So I do not feel good for the Bengals this week. Here's another tricky one, man. Steelers and Browns in Cleveland. This one's not tricky at all for me. I think the Browns are going to really show who the Steelers actually are this week. I, I'm Browns big this week. I mean, dude, what was that? Was that week two or week three on Monday Night Football when we saw the Steelers beat them? That was P.J. Walker, though, right? No, that was Deshaun Watson, dude. Deshaun Watson played that, that game was week, week two. two. They won by yeah, four. Yeah, Steelers beat them yeah. 26-22. T.J. Watt had a, uh, a fumble return in the fourth quarter to take the lead. Uh, we're in Cleveland. I think the Steelers beat them, dude. I think the I, I think the, the Steelers are gonna. This was the I don't game. have a whole lot of rhyme and reason behind it. I just think the Steelers are gonna win. This was the game Nick Chubb got hurt too. Remember that? Like since or Cleveland was extremely down after he got hurt. Like I didn't feel like they played very hard after he got hurt. But I feel you, man. I mean, I, 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 this is another one, dude. I, I'm not super confident in it, but. I still have absolutely zero trust in Deshaun Watson, despite what we saw in the second half against Baltimore. Um, and I feel like I, at least I know what I'm getting with the Steelers, man. Or I feel like the Browns could go out and completely just lay an egg on offense. I feel like the Steelers are at least going to give me a little bit of something on offense. First two games, all AFC North. And look how much of a struggle it was to pick these games. Dude, th- <laughs> that division's a bloodbath. Yeah, definitely. I saw a really cool stat, man, to uh, – Highlight two players, man. One current, one historic. So uh, TJ Watt played his 96th game on Sunday. He passed up JJ Watt to be the uh, second uh, second most sacks through 100 games, right? He hit 88 sacks uh, in his first 100 games. That's second of all time. So again, that's total 88. Dude, number one is Reggie White with 105. Think about that, man. Fucking 17 more sacks than those guys, dude. So TJ Watt would have to get 17 sacks over the next four games to match Reggie White for most sacks to 100 games. How insane is that stat? Dude, Reggie White, I, I hate that um, he died so young because, like, a lot of the younger generation has no idea who Reggie White is. Like, when I, we were watching him as kids, you knew that if your team had to play either the Eagles, the Packers, whoever he was on at the time, Best of luck to you, man, because that guy's unblockable. Of defense, dude. Yeah. He was unblockable, dude. That they would bring double and triple teams to him, and they still couldn't block him. He was, and this is when the NFL was not soft at all. Like, dude, these dudes were like ripping each other's heads off, and he was still getting through it. 
Well, and dude, that's the other the thing I was thinking about those numbers, man. Think about what his like sacks per like dropbacks had to be. Cause dude, yeah. back then you teams were, were pretty much 50-50 between running and passing, dude. Like most teams were throwing the ball, you know, in the low at, at in the low twenties, right? If a team was throwing the ball 30 times a game, it was the exception back in his heyday. Um, so yeah, dude, salute to Reggie White, man. I just, I saw that stat pop up, man, that, and he, he's just so far head and shoulders above anybody else who, who's, you know, come since, uh, yeah. So pretty, pretty dang impressive, man. So go out if you, you know, if you're, if you're a youngster, listen to this, go out and just YouTube some Reggie White highlights and check out that dude. See what a, see what a pass rusher looks like from back in the day. All right. Kyler Murray and the Cardinals heading into Houston to face the red hot CJ Stroud and the Texans. <laughs> Best I think Kyler, <laughs> yeah, I think Kyler has a you know a better showing than he had on Sunday, uh, but I think the Texans are just you know they're they're on fire right now, man. I say they win. Yeah, I'm going Texans as well. I just again the Cardinals are not a good football team. They just played a worse football team this week. There's just not much around Kyler no. either, dude. Like he's you know I thought he looked there. There were some flashes of the the old Kyler we know and love, but there's not a ton of weapons for him to even throw to, man. Like. You saw in that the play to set up that uh, the kind of like that broke the back of the Falcons. I think he ran like something like sixty yards on that play just to gain ten to uh, yeah. get that first down for him on that last drive. Yeah, he's a freak. All right, up next we have the Jaguars. We talked a lot about going up against you know my team, the Titans, heading into Jacksonville. I think the Jaguars get right, dude. I got to be honest, man. I'm I'm. I'm not going to say I'm hitting the panic button, dude. I feel like Will Levis may have been like just a little shooting star, dude. That was, it was an absolutely pitiful performance they put on in Tampa Bay yesterday. Just uninspired, no juice whatsoever. Um, you know, he looked amazing against the Falcons that first week, took the loss against the Steelers, but looked pretty tough. You sit there and watch the game. You're like, you could take a moral victory out of it. There was nothing good yesterday. So I'm a little bit nervous to see how it goes down in Jacksonville. Um, I'm picking the Jags to win okay. this one. Here, here's the one thing. I'll, I'll give a little bit of a rebuttal for a Will Levis from yesterday. Dude, the Titans are not winning any games if they're throwing the ball 39 times. That is not a winning formula for the Titans. Derrick Henry carried the ball 11 times and had 24 yards. That's the bigger Yeah, concern. it was the whole offense. It was not just Will Levis by any means. The, the whole offense looked uninspired, though. But at the end of the day, you look at the quarterback to be the one to kind of you know pick everybody up by the bootstraps when you're in that kind of situation. The problem, though, dude, the Titans' offense is built on running the ball and play action. You can't really run play action when there's no threat of getting any yards running the ball. And Their the, offensive line is just horrible, man. And like Brian Tannehill would still be the starting good. quarterback. Yeah, the Bucks D-line is good. Um, but the Titans O-line is just so bad. Like I said, Tannehill would probably still be the quarterback right now if their offensive line wasn't absolutely horrendous. I really hope that they don't bench Levis, though, because, dude, I think, feel like that would just absolutely kill any confidence he had left. Like I don't at, think they're benching him. They should The vibes out of... Yeah, the vibes out of Tennessee. I mean, it wasn't that. It wasn't like I think he had one interception. Uh, it wasn't an absolutely horrible performance. It was just like a nothing performance. It was, you know, we were talking about Derek Carr earlier in the pod. It was, it was Derek Carr esque. Um, the the vibes out of you know local media and stuff here is they're going to roll with Levis the rest of the season. I think that's kind of like the number one priority for the rest of this year at this point is just see what we actually got with Will Levis. Um, but it just it, it did not look great yesterday at all. No. I'm going Jags as well. All right. So the Jags will get, you know, for all the shit we talked about, and they'll be seven and three after 10 games heading into the home stretch. 
All right, the Raiders and the Dolphins in Miami. I think, uh, you know, Antonio Pierce, shout out to you, man. Awesome. You get off to a 2-0 start. I think they're getting boat raced on this one. I think we see Miami drop another 40, maybe 50-burger. I, I think the Dolphins win. I, I'm definitely in agreement with you there. But, dude, Antonio Pierce has them boys playing hard. Like, between Max Crosby and that middle linebacker that I had never heard of till last night. Belaine. Dude. Those two play so Splane's got to be on cocaine though, right? Like <laughs> when they were interviewing him, like he could barely like keep his tongue in his mouth. I mean, the signs are all there, but yeah, I, I just don't think they're gonna be able to slow down the Dolphins enough. Um, it, it, their defense was fine against the Jets because they have Zach Wilson, but yeah, not good. Yeah, Dolphins by right. quite a bit. This is just insulting. The Cowboys are 11 point favorites on the road heading into Carolina to face the Panthers. Yeah, Cowboys rolled up. That's not enough points. Yeah, it's 11 point. It's all that's double digits enough. is always risky in the NFL, but yeah, that's I say, not enough. I, I think they cover that easy, man. The, all right. The Panthers might not score in that game. Another double digit point spread. The Lions are 10 point favorites with the Bears coming into Detroit. I think, you know, Detroit kicks their ass. I think it's another blowout. Yeah, Lions. Chargers heading into Lambeau. Uh, Packers showed some signs of life against the Steelers yesterday, but I still think the Chargers got way too much talent. I think the Chargers get the win. Yeah, Chargers, I agree. Remember when Lambeau it used to be a big deal anytime you'd go in there and get a victory? I feel like that's something that's definitely just falling apart even during the Aaron Rodgers years man they lost a lot of games at home I feel like that's like uh you know something that's definitely falling apart over the last 10-15 years for Green Bay it's dead yeah the the Lambeau um home field advantage is dead all right the Giants and the Commanders in DC I think Commanders roll I seriously don't think the the Giants win another game if they keep DeVito as their starting quarterback they can't complete a forward pass that team's screwed and the Commanders looked pretty good yesterday against the Seahawks, too. Yeah, they're solid, dude. They've been they played pretty tough week in, week out, man. They've had a lot of a lot of heartbreaking losses so far this season. Um, dude, Sam Howell's leading the league in passing yards right now. How crazy is that? Sam freaking Howell has the most passing yards in the NFL. Yeah, it's insane. All right. The Bucks and the Niners in San Francisco. Niners roll. <laughs> yeah. Your boy Baker is going to get destroyed this week. We really kind of got a shit slate of games, dude. We got our we got our AFC North Battle Royale, and then we got Monday Night Football that we're going to talk to in a minute. But yeah, going through this, this is not some great games this Wait week. Wait till you get to the Sunday night game and how that's even a Sunday night game. Bills and the Jets. Uh, I think the Bills will still win. I still got faith. Yeah, I'll go Bills as well. Oh, so we're at six and a half minutes ago right here. Broncos are driving to take the lead. We'll see if they get a field goal or touchdown. What's your pick on this one, man? Do you think the Bills still Bills or Bills or Broncos here? I'm gonna say the Bills somehow win this game just because they absolutely have to have this game. But I, it's I not don't, looking good. I though, don't dude. feel good about it. It's not looking good. What happens? What happens if Josh Allen throws a pick, man, on a you know game winning drive? I don't think that would be a good look at all. No. All right. Seahawks and Rams in LA. I think Gino and the Seahawks get to seven and three. I agree. Seahawks are just a better team. Although now this the, one's the, the Rams did destroy them in week two. So yeah, true. But I don't think if Mal- week one. Matt Stafford's not back right. Are we looking at possibly Carson Wentz starting no, quarterback? They, they said Stafford's playing this week. 
He is playing. Yes, John McVay said it today. Yeah, I do too. Rams look good first couple weeks, man, but it's uh, it's not been pretty for them. No. All right, this is an interesting game, man. I'm with you. I don't really know how this ended up on the Sunday night schedule. I guess they were just really high on Sean Payton coming back, but we got the Vikings heading into Denver to place the Broncos, who have looked uh, pretty dang tough, man, the last few weeks. Yeah, but dude, I'm not betting against Josh Dobbs right now. Like, I, I love the way Josh Dobbs is playing. Um, I'm going Vikings. I'm rooting for, oh, Broncos score touchdown, dude. So the Bills are down by a touchdown with five minutes to go. I, uh, I'm i rooting for Josh Dobbs also. Obviously, you know, I've adopted the Tennessee Vols as, uh, as my college team living here in state, man. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm going to root for him. But I think the Broncos got a couple weeks of film on him. Going to be a primetime game. I think they come crashing back down to earth, and I think the Broncos get the win and in the Vikings losing streak. So we got to disagree on a few of these, man, to keep it spicy. So I'll go Broncos. Oh. And then probably the game of the oh year so God, far, man. Oh, my God. Way see this play. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> he dropped it like five times. What happened? That's two extra points that they missed now. Oh, my God. He dropped the ball like three different times. But it looked like he had the snap. Let's see. No, he doesn't. Wait till you see this. Oh, yeah. He just. Well, no, he got it down, but then the kicker stuttered. The the laces were in, dude. You can't kick it. It's Finkel. Yeah, true. Laces in. Man, that's going to come back to haunt them, dude. Okay. Uh, Again, heavyweight fight. The top two seeds. Super Bowl rematch. Uh, Rumor swirling. Taylor Swift is going to be in the house. Eagles and the Chiefs in Kansas City. I just think that the Eagles are the better team. I just, I really do. I still do not like what I've seen out of the Chiefs this year. I know they're seven and two. I get it. I, I do not like what I've seen out of them at all. And me and you talked about it a little bit yesterday. And there's zero chance Taylor Swift is in Kansas City this week. So Travis Kelsey's gonna have a shit game. She's in Brazil for a tour, so that's not happening. She's Taylor Swift. She can make it happen, dude. She's not coming, dude. She's playing Brazil Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. She's not going to the game. So give that up. Travis Kelsey's going to The game's the Monday night. How could you're telling me Taylor freaking Swift can't get on a private jet and make it from Brazil to Kansas City in one day? The vibes are not high. <laughs> Plus, dude. It's she's in one Brazil thing- the following weekend, too. I doubt she's just bailing. Check it out, dude. You guys know I'm a big Taylor Swift fan. If it's one oh, thing that boy. chick loves, it's some fucking PR, dude. And you, can you imagine the you know the, she her team has been telling her like, yo, this is the biggest game of the regular season. I don't think she's missing it, man. We'll see. Let's we'll, we'll make that a bonus pick, dude. If we end in a tie this week, I say she's going to be there. What do you say? No, she's not going to be there. Okay, so if we, can we agree if we end in a dead tie for next week that we'll go with Taylor Swift at the Chiefs for the tiebreaker? Sure, why not? <laughs> all right um dude i don't know man so you're picking eagles i'm going eagles uh, yeah i'm gonna go eagles too man i uh i was kind of leaning chiefs dude i think actually yeah i i feel kind of bad man but i think you actually influenced me with your pick dude i, I think eagles win if it was the, if they rematch in the super bowl i'm picking the chiefs but regular season i think the eagles have definitely looked better like you said 
and they got the revenge factor, right? Because they are the ones that lost in the Super Bowl. Um, so, yeah, I think Eagles win. All right. This is a bad slate of games, though. This Sunday is awful. It's feast or famine, dude. We got three badass games and then the rest of week 11. Probably, I'd have to go back and look. This is definitely the the least excited I've been about a week of football, though, so far. Why are they not utilizing the flex option for Sunday night games right now? It just seems like they've given up the flex. There's no way that should be the Sunday night game this week. Yeah, why not flex one of those that Steelers Browns or yeah, why not flex Steelers Browns a Sunday night? That'd be an awesome game, dude. I I just don't get it. Like, why are we watching Broncos and Vikings in a primetime game? There's no reason I, for that. Yeah, you could flex that one or you know the Chargers and Packers too, dude. Like you know L.A. and Green Bay. That's two big big fan bases, anyways, man. But yeah, I don't know. All right, uh, let's get into million dollar bets. All right, dude. How we do last week? You got to give up betting the Monday night favorite. You, you need to give that up. <laughs> um, so I took the Lions minus one and a half for 100K covered with ease. Cowboys minus 15 and a half for 100K covered with ease. So <sighs> for the season, I'm 11 and nine plus 125,000. Seth had the Colts minus two for fifty thousand covered, and he has the Bills minus seven and a half for a hundred k. You are eleven and eight minus fifty k going into this game. So, yeah, you, you're going to need an absolute miracle right now. Um, so uh, yeah, we need you need two yeah, touchdowns. I don't, really see, I don't see any way it happens, dude. Unless I'm just trying. I, I get that on the math. I'm just trying oh to think like game God, script, dude. Jesus on, Christ, Bills. Don't tell me I'm on like so my I'm on Hollerdad out here in Tennessee, so I'm on like a 35 second delay behind Jordan. Let me see what happens here. All right, setting up for the shotgun snap. Wait, which play did you just watch? Oh, was you talking about that play where Cook dropped it? Yeah, dropped it. Oh. Ball just bounces right Got back it. into yeah, his hands somehow. That. That, that ended up working out, man. I, I thought uh, I thought something happened after that, dude, because of the delay. Okay. All right. Um, you do your bet first, man. So I'm actually, we're tied on bets. I've just been swinging for the fences more, dude. I mean, I went for two $100,000 bets this week and hit them both. So just saying. Okay, you go first. You do your bet first bet first. <laughs> All right. I'm going Cowboys minus 11 on the road versus the Panthers for 100K. All right. I'm taking the Commanders minus 10 for 50K over the Giants, dude. I'm, I, I was tempted to go a little bit higher, man, but I don't know, dude. You, you never, It's NFC East. You never know. But I, the Redskins, or excuse me, the Commanders have been playing really tough, so I think they get the job done. All right. And then I am, I'm going Browns minus three and a half for 50K. All right. I, I'll i put my money where my mouth is, dude. I'm going to put 150K on the Eagles plus three against the Chiefs. <laughs> okay. YOLO, dude. Damn. I mean, if we think they're going to win, why not take the points, dude? Yeah, you're you not said you thought the Eagles were going to win. Where's I your did. money at, dude? Where's your, where's your imaginary money at, bro? I, I like throwing money on uh, those these high point spreads. It's fun to me. It's not at all. I'm terrified. 
<laughs> yeah, it's. I mean, because we've said before, dude, it's still the NFL, man. It yeah. still is, regardless. Of, like, even the worst teams are still filled with fucking studs, man. So, yeah, you never know what could happen. Any given Sunday, it's a cliche for a reason. Yep. All right. Uh, you ready to get some listener mail? Yeah, let's do it. All right. John Swallow, our buddy Jay Bone of the Pod Foundation from the Coming Down the Aisle podcast says, who are your favorite co- current commentators? I personally like Greg Olson and Kevin Burkhart. I mean, the best commentators are uh, Monday night, Peyton and Eli, if we're being honest. The, the, yeah, the Manning the cast, cast is, is the greatest thing in, in football right now. Like, I just, I do not know how the NFL is just not picking this up and running with it. They should have a Sunday game, too, if, if you're asking me. I am partial to the Thursday night crew of Al Michaels and Kirk Herbstreet. Um, Al Michaels, obviously, he kind of took over for Madden as like the voice of football. Um, once Madden retired after the 2008 season. Uh, and it's, it's kind of become a little bit of a Thursday night football tradition here this season that Brett's been staying up and watching uh, Thursday night football with us each week. You know, on Sundays, a lot of times I'm flipping back and forth between the Titans game and red zone. So it's hard to get locked in. But that Thursday night game, we're sitting down watching one game start to finish. And he's been staying up and like, you know, he's, he's six and he's kind of getting to the age where he's got the attention span and stuff to sit there and watch the whole game. So it's just been a lot of fun with him and just listen to that crew. You know, Kurt Street, obviously, he's a guy much more associated with college football. So I kind of appreciate hearing his takes on the NFL game. Um, and, yeah, so I'll, I'll go Al Michaels and Kirk Street for my favorite current team. I'll tell you who it's not. It's not Collinsworth and Tariko. I hate listening to those two, dude. I, I think dude. they're horrible together. Tariko, I mean, he he's just, fine. He's just vibe, he's, he's not a, a play-by-play analyst. That's just not what he is. Yeah, and Collinsworth just wants to slurp whatever quarterback is playing, dude. Like, if you're a starting quarterback with any kind of ability, dude, like Collinsworth is just all over you, man. Yeah, last night he had Fondly. some. Yeah, he had yeah, some real struggles shaking. last night with uh, Aiden O'Connell and Zach Wilson. He didn't know what to do. Yeah, they. Uh, <laughs> that was that was a rough one, dude. Yeah. But once he, I thought Zach Wilson was finally going to freaking, uh, you know. <laughs> pay off all the all the uh you know the the goodwill i've sent his way over the the past two years of podcasting about football yeah incorrect he did not all right uh alex eubank says when the browns win the super bowl this season will they be viewed as a heel or babyface team they're an underdog team of the century battling against all odds but they're captained by an alleged sex predator not what a conundrum. alleged not alleged a sex predator <laughs> Alex, yeah, don't I think know. they're going to be the heels, dude. I think it's going to be a mess if they. Um, I think it's going to be a real mess if they end up making it to the Super Bowl. I think that's the NFL's worst nightmare, just because you know all this stuff's going to get dug up. It's probably going to be new new chicks coming out of the woodwork, man, with with accusations and shit. Like, I think it's going to be a nightmare if it, if the Browns make it to the AFC Championship. They need to make sure that game is not close. Because if it's close coming down the stretch, I would be sweating some, you know, you know, 50-50 calls going against them just to keep that that from happening. Just because this guy's a PR nightmare, man. Yeah, it's not good. By the way, Josh Allen, go ahead, touchdown drive. Yeah, see, well, let's see if they can get the extra oh, point. Oh, yeah. Nothing is, uh, you know, nothing is guaranteed. But, yeah, Josh, Josh Allen ran it in, right? Yep. Nice. All right. Um I think they're going to be perceived as the heels, dude. Despite the Cleveland story, you know, Cleveland underdog city getting there. I think they're going to be, I think the fans, like the neutral fans, I think are going to be against the Browns. What do you think? 
I, I've always loved the city of Cleveland. Everybody knows I'm a Cavs fan, so I would I would definitely root for the Browns, even though they have not an alleged sexual predator, a sexual predator as their quarterback. But the rest of the team, dude, I like everybody else that's on that team. Miles Garrett is like one of the most likable players in the NFL. So there I don't think it's gonna happen, so I don't think we need to worry about it. But if it ended up like Lions and Browns or something, yeah, I think the Browns would be the heels by about ninety five percent. What if it's 49ers against the Browns and you got Brock Purdy, who's like, you know, Mr. America, dude, freaking, you know, the most like humble, like cornbread guy there is dude, going up against Deshaun Watson at quarterback. <laughs> Should be great. Yeah. Uh, all right. We, we don't need to answer this one, man. David Brooks wanted to pour a little bit of salt in the uh, the wound. Jordan he says, why does Arthur Smith suck so bad at utilizing his star players? I don't think that's him pouring salt in the wound. That's probably like a fantasy question because after the first quarter yesterday, it looked like Bijan was about to have the day of his life. And then for some reason, Arthur Smith's like smart brain just like took over and he was like, no, you don't give him the ball. You give Algier the ball and just run him straight up to center's ass and get two yards of carry rather than the 18 that Bijan can get you. It's just an idiot, dude. I told you, man, Arthur Smith is coaching like he's trying to unlock achievements on Madden, dude. Like, you know, win this game without giving the ball to your best player. All right, play this game on all pro. Don't throw the ball on the field more than five yards <laughs> and then take Bijan out and only give him one carry every 20 minutes. Yeah, yeah. Win a game without utilizing any first round draft picks <laughs> can All i right. hand the ball uh, to a lineman <laughs> and also want to say congrats david brooks on buying uh his his house this week man that's congrats, always man. a stressful process so congrats on closing bro uh rob if you need insurance man maybe uh hit up jordan dude yeah, uh rob virginia says do you think the giants will draft caleb williams after giving daniel jones 160 million so recently yes. yeah i don't think they would hesitate man if there's a qb that they think uh could help them out yeah like because the, the thing is, like, yeah, you're eating that money on Daniel Jones, but that money's already spent. And the rookie QB contract is going to be relatively cheap. So I think you just grin and bear it, especially in a media market like New York. I don't think they could I don't think they could withstand the pressure of passing on a blue chip quarterback. If the, if the Giants do end up with, you know, a top three draft pick like it looks like they're going to get. Agreed. Yeah, they're drafting a quarterback if they get a top three pick. All right, and Sam Rosenthal wants to know, how will the Bears ruin Caleb and Marvin Harrison Jr.? I mean, it won't take much if we're being honest. Somehow they'll turn Caleb Williams into a running quarterback instead of the the cannon for an arm the kid has. So, I mean, we thought Caleb Williams was crying last week after the Oregon game. Like, give him two weeks behind Chicago's offensive line. Yeah, it's uh... – yeah, I kind of hope he doesn't go to the Bears, man. It just seems like anytime the Bears have been good in my lifetime, it's just been blue collar, like defense kicking ass with a running game and stuff. That's just that's not the place to go if you're trying to be any kind of explosive quarterback, man. It's just it's kind of just built into the fabric of the franchise at this point. Yep. We got two additional questions uh, came in last second. First off, again, Jay Bowen, John Swallow says, do you hate or like the brown hoodies for each team? I like them, man. I think they look kind of tough. That's definitely been like the the sideline gear of choice for all the NFL teams um, down over the last couple of weeks. I, I kind of like the the Carhartt look with the all brown hoodies for, for pretty much all the teams. Yeah, they're cool. Um, okay, this is not me trying to come off like, being an asshole i'm i just have a, just something weird to say 
why does the NFL have to have like a month or a week or whatever to celebrate the military? Like why, like why do we have to like specify this as like military appreciation week? Cause it's veterans week. Like, dude, shouldn't you be appreciating the military every day? And this is me talking to someone that's in the military. Like, I just think it's, I don't know. Maybe it's just me. I just think it's weird. No, the I'm same way I've me, always, dude, I always thought the, the breast cancer awareness month thing was weird. Like, and the fact that the NFL would like find players for wearing pink when it wasn't in October. I don't know, dude, just the whole thing is weird to me. I think the whole thing is just a ploy to sell more merch, dude. Right. They're like, you know, they, they figure if we, if we throw like, you know, if we say we're giving two cents to charity off this purchase, man, we can drop some camouflage or, you know, some camouflage color gear, uh, in November and we can drop a bunch of pink stuff for breast cancer in October and people were just going to fucking gobble it up, man. So that that's all it is, dude. I, I agree with you, man. I, I kind of see through it, dude. I don't, as a military member, I'm not, you know, you, I'm, I'm never like, hell yeah, man. The NFL salute me this week, dude. It's just, it's whatever, man. I think it's just a way to sell merch. But I do like the look of the the brown and green hoodies. Yeah, they're cool. All right, for last, sure. I, I definitely last like question. It. This is a good one, dude. So our buddy James Maudsley says, what is your favorite video football game? I'll let you go first. Ooh. Dude, I am partial to NFL 2K. I just thought when they when they released that game, it was just such a great alternative to Madden. I, I loved that game. But any it, particular year or just the, the whole series? I, I just like the whole series and I hate yep. that it only had like a four year run. Was it four years or was it three years? It wasn't long either uh, way. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't long, man. I think maybe maybe five, dude. But yeah, I remember the the first one on Dreamcast was awesome, dude. I remember like getting that was the whole reason I bought a Dreamcast was to play that first NFL 2K game. And it was crazy. So it lasted five years. You were right. It went from September 9th, 1999 to July 20th of 2004. So they made it to 2K5. Um, yeah, yeah, they and dude, they had some stuff that was really ahead of its time that hasn't been tried since. So I remember that last game. They had a first-person view, which we really haven't seen that, been able to execute it effectively in football since then. And the coolest thing was, dude, if you were playing like franchise mode at halftime, they would have highlights from other games around the league, dude. They still yeah. don't have that in Madden, man. Like, it just... It, it, it's a shame because obviously we know how legendary the NBA 2K series is. And to just think if visual concepts would have been able to keep the NFL series going through all the, you know, the rest of the the consoles. Cause dude, this thing died off on PlayStation two. That's what, that's the generation of consoles we were on when NFL 2K got killed off by EA sports signing that exclusive deal with the NFL. So yeah, that, that's a great choice, dude. NFL 2K on Dreamcast and, uh, and NFL 2K one on Dreamcast. That's some of my fondest football video gaming, um video gaming moments dude for me my two favorite y'all know i'm hardcore madden head and, and ncaa football uh ncaa football 2004 was my favorite i still have an active franchise or dynasty on that i just finished my uh another season winning the national championship with vanderbilt i picked them just for a challenge i just think that was just a totally balanced really really fun game of football and then madden 2005 the one with ray lewis on the cover yeah that was the first one that had the hit stick that w- on playstation 2 just an excellent game, man. Obviously, the newer games have way more technology to them and different advanced features, but I'm looking for just like a fun, balanced game of football, and I thought those two were it. I'll give you a dark horse pick, man. Um, I thought hard about saying NFL Blitz, dude. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I had much more fun than playing NFL Blitz on N64. Yeah, that, that's one of the greatest games ever made, so it wouldn't have got an argument for me. 
Yeah, that's one that like you don't even got to like football games. You maybe don't even really got to like video games to have a ton of fun playing that game. Um, but yeah, great choice, man. And, you know, feel free in the in the comments and stuff across social media. Let us know what your favorite football video game is. So, Jordan, you hit us with a legendary one uh, last week, man. I'm not going to ask you to top it, but hit us with some closing thoughts again for this week's episode. Dude. Oh my god well do we want to write it out man we're yeah. at the end of the uh well it's over now uh, well we'll see dude with the broncos kicking game who knows man so the the broncos just got a deep pass interference call gonna give them the ball at about the 19 yard line with 29 seconds left and no timeouts but do you, are you really trusting the broncos to make a field goal dude oh dude that is such a weak call Let's oh, see here. God, dude. Those underthrown deep balls, man. Yeah, that's very weak, dude. That is such a garbage call. The thing is, man, if it wasn't an underthrown pass, it wouldn't have even been close to being pass interference. Like the dude was not trying to he was not trying to like gain an advantage over the receiver at all. He was literally trying to just gather his momentum and uh and turn around and make a play on the ball, you know? Yeah, that's absolutely we gotta ride this out now. Let's do it. So, yeah, for those listening at home, obviously this will be out, you know, late Monday night, early early Tuesday morning. The uh, the Bills just committed a pass interference penalty, setting up the Broncos for a likely game-winning uh, field goal. We'll see if they botch this, man. 29 seconds left. A lot could still happen. All right, Russell Wilson takes the knee. Yeah, we're setting up for the, uh, for the field goal here. The weird thing is, though, dude, if I was the – if I was the – um, Bills, I would have let that run down a little bit further and made them make a choice on what to do next because they don't have the Broncos don't have any timeouts left, so you could almost rush them into kicking the field goal right away. Yeah, make them make them do the fire drill, man. Obviously, especially with the the kicking game being as shaky as it's been so far tonight. Yeah, I'm with you, dude. Like, let make them make them rush on the field, kick it under pressure, dude. Like, because what are your chances really? Even if you know. Obviously, they call the timeout to try to get the ball back with a little bit of time. Um, but what are your chances, really, of you know driving down and getting a win with twenty seconds left? I like my chances better of making them fuck this field goal up, or or botch a snap or anything. Yeah, I don't, I don't really understand that timeout because it ain't like they have yeah. three left to like give them enough time to like throw a hail mary. Like, right, the clock's gonna run out no matter what. I would take one more time out here because then it takes out the possibility of them running another play. Because if they run another play, then yeah, you're doing the fire drill play and that is not any way you want to try to end a game. That is such a garbage call though, dude. There's no way that should have been called. Yeah, you just said that's bullshit. Refs got to have their their way in the game. What do you think the uh, What do you think this does for the the Bills, man? Do you think they're are you are you counting them out or are you just putting them in the the risky pile? What, where do you get the Bills at going off this? Assuming they end up taking the L here, uh, I have them in the not looking very good pile, like on life support almost at this point. Man, they're really wow, going to run another play. Told you, dude, the Broncos will find a way to fuck this up, man. I hope they botch the snap right here. This is so dumb. There's no way. I'll never root for Sean Payton. No. This is so dumb. 
I seriously hope they try to do that play where they drop back and throw the ball up in the air and Russ falls over his own feet or something. <laughs> All right, here we this go, This is incredibly stupid. The other thing, if you run the field goal on third down, if it is a bad snap, you can always just throw it away. He missed it! Yes! Yes, dude, he fucking missed it, man. Oh, we got Oh, my God, here we go. They're going to get the bills for leaping or something. Oh, my God, are you kidding me? What was the penalty? I got my mic on TV on men on the field. How does that happen, dude? Oh, my God. Seriously, dude. What is the dude in the back doing? You're supposed to be counting it. Oh, my God. How does that happen in the NFL, dude? Well, now they deserve it. Seriously. How does that happen? I mean, that's straight up coaching, dude. Like, how does that happen in the NFL? Oh, my. Well, let's see if the Broncos can get it here. What if he misses it again? Jesus, dude. They the, earned that one, dude. The Bills deserve that the loss. The Bills earned every bit of that loss, dude. All those turnovers, and then they still still had a freaking gift wrap tee at the end with the missed field goal, man, and 12 men on the field. Unforgivable. All right, so my Super Bowl pick's looking shakier than ever, uh, but, you know, fun way to end in Week 10 of the NFL season. We'll, hear you, we'll get you guys back next week. Thanks for listening. Wheezy, baby. Yeah.